Life Audio. I think sometimes we forget that the gospel message is in the Old Testament, not just the New Testament. I think I didn't realize that for a long time. And so what we're going to do today is look at Psalm 100, which is such a celebration psalm. It is an opportunity to celebrate the gospel that was given not just to the Jewish people as God's chosen people, but to the entire world as all the nations are able to take part in God's saving gospel. And so I pray that this episode is going to be an encouragement to you. I'd like you to stay tuned and then we'll dive into it after a word from our sponsor. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are going through Psalm 100, which means we are two thirds of the way through the Psalms. And as we've gone through this series. I pray it's been a blessing for you. It certainly has been for me. You know, the reason why we're studying the Psalms was because it really was the hymn book and the prayer book of both Jesus and the disciples. And if it was important for them to know, it's important for us to know. So as we study, I want you to know we do have some resources to help you dig a little bit deeper. We of course have the newsletter that goes out every Monday and that has the current episodes. There's journaling prompts that help you just kind of get that information from your head and into your heart, some key verses. And then if you want to go back even further than that, we have resources on the website, shehears.org. If you go to the resources page where you can get both now, both the first set of Psalms, first one through 50, and then the second set of Psalms, which was chapters 51 through 100. And what those guided journals are is, of course, there's a link to the audio devotional. There's some space for journaling itself. There's the journaling prompt and a key verse. And so again, it's just another resource to help you process this information. My goal is never to replace your Bible reading. It's to supplement it. And so one of the things I love about journaling is it gives us an opportunity to make a connection between the content that we're learning and our daily lives. Because of course, as we are learning to hear Jesus and hear the voice of God more clearly, Clearly, we can't just hear it, but we need to be obedient to it. And so the goal of the journaling prompts is really to help you process that. What does this look like? How can I be obedient to this word in my own life? I'm going to be reading from the NIV, and I'm starting at verse 1. Again, we're in Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. 
I don't know about you, but when I read that, it just reminds me of so many different praise and worship songs that I have sung throughout my life in different churches. And I think that's really a great picture of what this psalm is. It really is a worship song as we are thanking God for his salvation for all mankind. You know, one of the things I love about the Psalms is it showcases so many different human emotions and everything from depression and anxiety to fear to joy and thanksgiving and worship and praise. I love reading all those different emotions in the Psalms. One of the greatest opportunities that we have, both on the individual level and then also as the corporate body of Christ, as in the church, one of the greatest opportunities that we have is to praise God through songs and celebrating his goodness and his guidance in our lives. A lot of times that act of worship is an ability for us to think through the fact that God has created us. He has restored our relationship with him. We can celebrate the fact that we now belong to him, that he leads us, that he guides us. And we can sing about things like his love and his faithfulness. And knowing that those things are going to continue forever because who God is today is who God is going to be tomorrow. And so songs, whether you're doing worship and praise in a congregation of believers or if you are doing it at your own house in your own living room, those songs are a powerful way to express our love and our praise to God because they engage and they release our emotion in a way that that few other things can. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I think for me, I have had some of the most intense moments with the Holy Spirit when I've been engaged in worship. You know, one of the things that was said to me uh, not too long ago in one of the life coaching sessions, it was so sad, but I'm glad that I was able to walk through this with an individual. She said, you know, I've never been told that I could worship at home. And I said, what do you mean? She said, I thought worship was reserved for church. I never was told that I could worship at home. And so while that feels so sad to me because that's a part of the natural rhythm of my life, I want to make sure that you realize that, that worship is not an event. It's a lifestyle. And if you want to dig a little bit deeper on this, earlier last year, we did a whole week on worship as part of the spiritual discipline series. But worship is not an event. It is a posture of our heart. It is a way that we interact with God, which means it is not limited to a certain building. Because remember, those four walls of that building, that's not a church. We are the church. As the body of Christ, we are the church, which means we can worship anywhere. So whether it is in the middle of a field, or if it is in your living room, or if it's inside a church building, or if it's driving down your car, that potential for you to worship and engage and be present with the Holy Spirit it's not limited to a certain space or time. And so one of the things I always ask people when I'm going through life coaching with them and spiritual direction is, what does worship look like in your life? And a lot of times the answer I get is, um, well, I go to church like maybe twice a month or you know every, every week if I can. And when I say, what does worship look like in your life? I'm not talking about how many times you go to church or how many times you go to a worship service. I'm saying, what does worship look like for you? And that can happen in your living room, in your home. The other thing I think it's so important, and I this is a sidebar, it's not necessarily in today's psalm, but one of the things I want to make sure you realize is scripture talks about how God inhabits the praises of his people. And so if you were dealing with something in your home or in your family where you're, you're suspecting there's a spiritual element to it, most likely there is, you know, whether it's illness or anxiety or depression or any number of things, any kind of spiritual attack from the enemy, 
When you start to worship, it invites the Holy Spirit's presence into your home, into your heart, into your mind, into your spirit. And where God inhabits the praises of his people, light and darkness cannot coexist. Where God is, the enemy is not. So one of the things that we do in our home, like with my girls, we since the time they were very, very little, we would play worship music for them all night long. So some of the times little kids will have just this fear over, you know, bad dreams or monsters in the night, those kinds of things. We have taught our children from a very young age that there is no fear in the presence of God. So we play worship music a lot for them. Sometimes they leave it on all night long. So worship does a lot of things. And I'm not saying to do that in a manipulative sense, like you just want to put worship music on so you don't have fear. I'm saying from the deeper level of the heart, you want to engage in the Holy Spirit. You want to invite him into your home. Worship is the perfect way to do that. So if worship is not currently part of your lifestyle, I would encourage you to do that. And if you need... uh, guidance on that. I have a couple different playlists that I usually recommend to people and I can send that to you too. Just send me an email and I'll shoot that to you. But for us in our home, that's a regular habit that changes the spiritual dynamic in the home and it's so powerful. And so this psalm is the last one in what's called the Psalms of the Heavenly King. So that would have been Psalms 93 through 99. And then Psalm 100 is really their capstone. And so what it does is it celebrates this universal gospel of grace, really, is what it is, that is proclaimed with joy in the psalm. And I I love that because it's the whole idea of this psalm is that we can celebrate the gospel because it's given to the whole world. It's not just for this small people group that we read about throughout the Psalms. It's for the entire world, for all the nations, because God's love and his faithfulness is for all people. The the scriptures say that he has poured out his spirit upon all flesh. And while, yes, I recognize that not everybody has come to a faith-based saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in their personal lives, that is their decision. It's not God's. It's not like God has said, oh, only this certain people group have access to me. No, he has made himself available to everyone, no matter where they live. And so this gospel, the gospel that we read about in the Bible, is the one and only saving gospel because it is the gospel of the one and only true God. And and I think sometimes we forget that the gospel message is in the Old Testament. I know I did. I, I didn't realize, like I didn't even read the Old Testament when I was younger, when I was a new Christian. I mean, I'm talking about you know, when I was like 15 to 20, I just read the New Testament because I just thought, oh, I just, I just want to read about Jesus. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with Old Testament. If we don't understand the, the Old Testament, we don't recognize what the need for Jesus was in the first place. And so there is a foundational aspect to understanding the Psalms and the rest of the Old Testament that help us understand God's heart for his people. And by his people, I don't just mean that remnant of Jewish people, but I mean for his people across the globe, the, the, the nations that he has made this restoration plan available to. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll dive into the rest of this song. This psalm would have been used when the Hebrews were making a thank offering. And a thank offering really just celebrates God's special benefits, either to the individual or to the community of people. And so the thank offering was different than the sacrifice. Um, And the thank offering wasn't always an animal. Sometimes it was first fruits or different things like that, depending what they were thanking God for. But this would have been a thank offering um, hymn that they sang alongside of that. 
There would have been a call to worship that would have been given by a priest or a Levite. And then typically, like in verse 1, when it says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. That's a little bit different than when we read shout for joy in our churches today, or even when we sing shout to the Lord. I mean, I know a lot of us know that those kinds of songs. This was really an actual shout where people would be celebrating whether it was an important event or a festival, and they would be celebrating the fact that the whole earth has come to a knowledge that the Lord is God, Yahweh is God. And so this would have been a call to worship that the le- the leader, the worship leader, like like I said, the priest or the Levite would have said, but then there would have been a response and the response of the people would have been an actual shout for joy. I bet if you try that at church next time these words are spoken, you might get a couple looks, but it's biblical. I mean, <laughs> I love down in verse three where it says, it is he who made us and we are his. I think that honestly could probably sum up most of this psalm. It is he who made us and we are his. I think it's even a little bit more poetic and beautiful in the original and Hebrew because that clause, we are his, that was written in the Hebrew, it also includes um, a little bit different of language than what we see in our translations. It includes this idea of how we belong to him. So it's not just we are his, but we belong to him. So he created us and we belong to him. So as our creator, we are his creation and we belong to him. And I think about that um, even in the way that we look at our, maybe our children. Like, of course, God did it through our bodies. But as moms, I look at my daughter and I think, man, I made her and she is mine. There's a connection there that no matter how far away she goes, it does not separate us from that fact that, that she belongs to me. She's mine. She, if you look at us, we look very similar because she is made in my image. And yes, I'm not saying that heretically God did that, but I'm saying as an example, That's what being made in the image means. She looks like me. She acts like me. She sounds like me. I created her and she is mine. And no amount of separation between the two of us is ever going to change that. Do I long to be close to her? Absolutely. Do I make a way to bring her close to me? Absolutely. Does she have the ability to refuse that? Absolutely. But if you think about our relationship with God, scripture says he's a father. He's not just any father. He's a good father. Well, a good parent longs to be close to their child. And I think that's so helpful for me when I start to try to understand some of these biblical concepts. If I think about it in terms of our parent relationship, I think that's really helpful. In verse four, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. There's some imagery here that reminds us of the gates and the courts of the temple. Remember in that time frame, there would have been gates that you would have to enter to come into the city and then into the temple. And those words may have been spoken actually originally by the gatekeeper because he was literally giving the worshipers permission to enter. And so this psalm does that. I mean, of course, remember it's written to that individual people group at that time frame. That's what worship looked like for them. But it also does something else. It is inviting people that normally would not have access to the temple into the temple. So in that time frame, Jewish people wouldn't be using the temple. The Gentiles would not. And so it 
we don't know the exact occasion that it's specifically talking about, but most of the scholars believe that this is an expression of this new theology in Israel where they are recognizing that Yahweh is Lord to all the nations and they have this openness from this universal perspective. Um, it's kind of shocking given the time frame and, and the worldview that they had had at the time, except what we learn in this psalm is over and over talking about he is for all of the earth, for all of the nations. The Lord is God for everyone, not just the Jews. And so this enter his gates with thanksgiving is really this opportunity to not just say that, but by doing it in action, welcoming everybody into the temple. The reason they're invited into the temple is in the next verse, in verse five, when it says, for the Lord is good and his love. And it talks about his faithfulness. And so what the psalmist is doing is he's giving the reason why the worshipers are invited or even commanded to enter the temple gates with thanksgiving. And that is because the Lord is good. And so this verse reflects this formula that God revealed when he made his goodness all the way back when he passed in front of Moses in Exodus 33, and he proclaimed his name as the Lord, Yahweh, to all the earth. It's joining Israel's confession of God's covenant goodness. And that is represented by his name. And then, of course, it's displayed by his love and the way that he is faithful to them. And so this is not yet, remember, um, I think there's a tension here that we sometimes forget. We call it the already not yet we know that God's heart is for all people and he desires restoration for all people, but Jesus had not yet come. And so they're also looking forward to this reality that has not quite happened yet, but it's looking to this future of God's grace that is envisioned here. And it's eventually going to be revealed in the New Testament gospel when Jesus comes on the scene. So much of the Psalms point forward to Jesus as God's redemption plan for humanity. And that's part of the reason why we're reading through the Psalms. There's a powerful example here. And if we don't read it, we can miss it. This is one of those Psalms that not just reveals so much joy, but should also produce joy in us. Because I think about that in terms of no matter where you're at, no matter, and because I've been in some pretty dark places around the world, no matter where you're at, the gospel message is for you. The hope of the gospel is for you. And I think there have been times where I have shared the gospel message in some pretty dark places, and it changes things when people learn that the gospel message includes them. Chuck Swindoll talked about this passage, and one of the quotes that he says is, no parent is happier than his or her least happy child. And I recognize that I, I do this a lot. I try to make an allusion to our own relationship as parents to God. And because every loving parent can identify with that kind of understanding. And so I, I don't want to be misleading when I'm trying to, it's not that I'm trying to read human emotions and sentiments back into God. But I do think that it reflects this biblical revelation of God's relationship to us as human beings, because as our father, when our life is not joyful, it affects him, just like our sins affect him. And so if we fail to recognize this, there's this element where joy is summoned to express God's presence in a way that we understand that that. God has joy 
in our relationship with him. Because when he created the world, remember, what did he say? He created the world and he said that it was what? It was good. Not just good, but very good. And so as our creator, he takes joy in his creation. We are part of his creation. And so when we are restored in right relationship with him, that brings the father joy. That doesn't mean that our joy or our behavior determines the father's joy, but it does recognize that he identifies with us. He identifies with our joy. He identifies with our sorrow, just like our earthly parents do. I recognize when my children are having a hard day. I recognize when my children are having a great day. And just in the same way, our heavenly father is sorrowful when we are sorrowful and he's joyful when we are joyful. And so there's a lot there and we're not going to get into the, the doctrine of incarnation and all those kinds of things. But I think my point in even saying that is we are made in the image of God and he has the same emotions that we do because the reason why we have those emotions is because the creator created us to be in his image. Now, does he have sin? Of course not. So maybe some of the emotions that we go through that are based in sin and rooted in sin, that looks a little bit different, but certainly God experiences joy when we are his children are experiencing joy ourselves. Okay. I'm going to go back and I'm going to start again at verse one, Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to spend time in your word and share it with each other and to share some of the insights and the things that you have given us to help us know your character and your nature more clearly. Lord, I pray for my friends today that they would be able to experience the joy that it is to know that the gospel is for them. This gospel message is not for a specific certain people group, but it's for them that you have called the whole earth to shout for joy, that you have been faithful through all generations to every single person on this planet as the creator that you take joy when you us as your your creation takes joy lord i pray that that would become clear to us and and if we are not experiencing joy if we are in a season where it's difficult or it's hard lord help us to recognize the the impact that worship can have as we express our heartfelt worship and praise for who you are god i pray that you would meet us in that place I thank you and praise you in all things. Amen. Guys, I just want to let you know that we are taking a little bit of a break now that we made it to Psalm 100. I do that for a couple reasons. I think um, it's helpful for people that are following along. Sometimes they get a little bit behind and they want to get caught up. So if you are one of those people, that that will be helpful for you. For me, I like to study ahead. And so it gives me a little bit of time to get caught up and, and to study ahead and prepare things for you. And then also it gives an opportunity for us to interject a couple things that might be a little bit different than what you're used to, but really could also be a blessing. So next week, we're going to do what's called Friends and Family Week, where I'm inviting some friends and family of the podcast, people that I respect and, and have great admiration for. They're going to come on every day. We have somebody different. 
and just kind of share a little bit about their story and hear a little bit of their heart and how they hear Jesus in their lives. So we're doing that next week. So it'll be still all new episodes, but just not the Psalms. And then the following week will be spring break. And so we're doing spring break because my daughter is home on spring break and she's my priority. I want to be able to spend a little bit of time with her and the rest of our family together. And again, I think it's helpful to have a little bit of time to play catch up. And so I'm going to do some family favorites. We did that at Christmas time and that went over really well. So some of the favorite episodes over the last year we're going to play during spring break time. And then we'll be back with all new episodes, Psalm 101 all the way through 150. That also means that the second set of Psalms, 51 through 100, are going to now be available in the store. So if you go to shehears.org and go to the resources section, you can get the second Psalms book that is the guided journal and like I mentioned at the beginning of the show just another resource to help you kind of walk through some of the things that we're learning on the show so I really appreciate you kind of sticking through it I know that the Psalms is a really big book but I think we're going to be on the other side of it so much better educated about what Jesus has to say and we can look back and remind ourselves about how those Psalms were an important part of his ministry his prayer language his worship language and it's really foundational for understanding who he was and the ways that the disciples would think through things. So again, I hope that's helpful to you. If you feel like you are needing a little bit of one-on-one, I want to make you aware that I do also do life coaching and spiritual direction. And I have a variety of people that come to me for different reasons. Some people are going through a really hard season in their lives and they need somebody to help them walk through it. Some people need accountability in their lives. And so we have a plan for accountability and we set up something that's going to work for, for each and every one of you. Some people are having a really good season and they want more of God and they want to grow in their relationship with him. And then we have everything in between too. So if that's something that sounds like something you might need or want or don't want to find out more about, you can go to shehears.org and there's a page called work with me and I would love to connect with you and just hear your heart and be able to walk alongside of you. I, I would count that to be a blessing and a privilege. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.